Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. This is Carol McLeod, and I love teaching the Word of God to you twice a week right here on the Charisma Podcast Network. We're currently in a Bible study entitled Meanwhile, which focuses on the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. We have already laid the foundation in Lessons 1 and 2 in the life of this extraordinary young man. Today's lesson is all about the difficult people in Joseph's life. Do you have difficult people in your life? If you're dealing with troublesome people today, I can guarantee you that it is not by accident. God needs you to love difficult people, to forgive them, and to bless them. The question is, will you do it? So let's get started with lesson three of Meanwhile. barely scratched the surface of the life of Joseph, but we have simply laid an interesting and personal foundation really for all of us. So today, this is what we're going to do. Get out your pens, your notebooks, and your mirrors as we continue digging for gold in Joseph's story. Now, you might wonder why you need a mirror. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you why you need a mirror. Whenever I read a great novel, I always try to imagine who could I be in this story? Usually I picture myself as the heroine dressed in gorgeous clothes. And although she's mistreated, she finally finds true love. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In The Sound of Music, I am Maria. In Pride and Prejudice, I'm Elizabeth Bennet. And in Gone with the Wind, I am not Scarlet, but I am the overlooked and mistreated Melanie. But in this story taken from Genesis, my friend, you are Joseph. And that's why you need a mirror as we look into the story today. You could almost replace your name with his name in every single reference. So as we begin today, get out your pen, your notebook, and your mirror as we discover ourselves in the lesson of Joseph. Let's begin our lesson today with Genesis 37, verse 3. Now Israel, or that's Jacob, that's Joseph's father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. Now this is what verse 3 tells me about Joseph and about you. God loves you more than anybody else. You are his absolute favorite, and he blesses you every way that he possibly can. Now, Joseph was not the only one who's received a special piece of clothing, but your dad, who is just besotted with you, has provided a special tunic for you, and it's called a garment of praise. Now, let me first of all tell you what Joseph's tunic looked like. It probably had long sleeves and went all the way down to Joseph's ankles. This was a highly decorated garment, probably made not only of different colors, but also of different types of fabric. 
In the very descriptive Hebrew, we learn that this tunic covered the palms of Joseph's hands as well as the soles of his feet. That's how long it was. So really, you could only see Joseph from about the chin up. Now, the robe that Joseph wore was a robe of favoritism, of leadership, of love, and it was also associated with a social or political status. You could see this boy coming down the road. And you know what, my friend? The world should see you coming down the road of life as well. You should be dressed in. You should be covered in your father's great love for you. The first thing other people see about you should be that you are secure in the love of your father, that you are wrapped blanketed in his love, covered in his love from head to toe. And the robe that you are wearing, the garment of praise, it is indeed a robe of favoritism. It's also a a robe of leadership. When we worship the Lord in good times and in bad, there's a role of leadership for us. Do you remember how in the Old Testament, the praise team, the worship team went out first into battle? When you've got on your garment of praise, you go first in the kingdom of God. Uh, The garment of praise that you've been given has also been associated with status. Now, I don't mean prideful, boasting status, but this is what I mean. God wants to use you in the world today. So put on the Father's love. Put on the garment of praise. The Father, your Father, who is head over heels in love with you, longs for you to remove the sackcloth, which you've got on because of circumstances, because of disappointments, because of difficult relationships. And he wants you to dress yourself in the garment that's worthy of royalty, the garment of praise. Let me read to you Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3 to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. The garment of praise that your father has given to you should identify you. It should tell the world who you are and who you belong to. So my friend, don't be identified by the ashes of mourning. Your identity comes from relationship with the father and your status is communicated by the garment of praise that he has given to you. Let's continue in our story of Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, verse 4. And Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Okay, I've told you the good news. Now let me tell you the bad news. As much as your father loves you, the world is going to hate you. The world's not going to find much good about you. The world might not be able to stand the sight of you and may never say one kind word about you. So don't get your feelings hurt when the world doesn't talk friendly to you 
or about you. You know that this is the truth. If I were you, and I am you, because we're all children of the Most High God, we should wonder what our lifestyle is like if the world speaks highly of us. We are a people that has never been accepted by the world, but we're going to keep on being friendly. We're going to keep on loving people. We're going to keep on being kind, and we're going to keep on bringing praise to the Father. You know, this verse uh, 4, Genesis 37, 4 says that his brothers could not speak one kind word to him. They didn't have anything good to say about Joseph, their little brother. So far, everything that Joseph has done in this narrative and what he has received has only served to alienate him from his brothers. And let me just warn you, it gets worse before it gets any better at all. Verse 5, Genesis 37, verse 5. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. So Joseph had a dream that he felt compelled to share with his brothers. And the brothers were more than annoyed. This verse says that they hated him all the more. One translation says it added to their hate for him. Now, in, in Joseph's um, defense, let me say this. Joseph made no attempt to interpret, analyze, or apply his dream. He only told them his dream. Let's read his dream in verses 6 through 8. He said to them, please listen to this dream, which I have had. For behold, we, that means Joseph and his brothers, were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now, a sheaf is a sheaf of wheat. It's something to eat. And this symbolism will play a large part later in the Joseph narrative. But let's pause here for a minute, because as you know, when I study the Word of God, I always try my hardest to apply the principles personally to the lives of those who are studying a portion of scripture. So how can we apply this uh, narrative of Joseph having a dream and his brothers hating him to your life and to my life? Let me stretch you here for a minute. I have heard it said that the language of Christianity is actually dreams and visions. That's one of the ways that God speaks to us is through dreams and visions. It's it's called walking by faith. It's seeing the goodness of God in our future. And so let me ask you a personal yet provocative question. Are you dreaming? My friend, let me ask you again. Are you dreaming? And when you dream, are you speaking forth the dreams and the visions that God has given to you? One of the scriptures we studied last week applies to this, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans or the thoughts that I have for you, declares, declares the Lord, 
plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. God has plans. He's got dreams. He has intent for your life. And you must partner with him. You must hear from him just like Joseph did. Because remember, you are Joseph in the story. Now, I can tell you this. The world doesn't want to hear your dreams. The world doesn't want to hear about the goodness of God in your future. The world wants to despise the calling on your life. 10 or 15 years ago now, I traveled to the Ukraine to speak at a women's conference in Kiev. All of the women at this conference spoke Russian. I couldn't understand a word they said, and they couldn't understand me. By the end of the week, I knew how to say thank you in in Russian. And I, I got to thinking about this example, that I needed a translator to understand and to be understood. And so it is with the world. The world doesn't understand the language that we speak because we are a people who speaks forth of the goodness of God. We speak of the plans that he has for our lives. So I, I want to challenge you today. I have been praying that God would speak to all of you who are doing this Bible study with me, that the Lord would speak to you in dreams and visions, that he would speak to you while you're sleeping, that he would speak to you while you're having your prayer time. And I want to encourage you to write down the dreams and the visions that God gives to you. My friend, the God of Joseph is the God of you. And He has dreams and visions that are particular to you and to your life. He needs you to be a leader and to carry his signature at your moment in history. Now, you might be thinking, Carol, I'm just a mom. I got lots of kids. I don't have time to dream. Or you might say to me, Carol, I'm overweight. I'm going through a painful divorce. I'm not educated. You might say to me, Carol, I've made poor decisions. I am unstable emotionally. I'm not sure that God really wants me to dream with him. My friend, listen to my voice. Quit giving God your excuses and give him your heart. Give him your availability. Give him your time. Give him your mind. Give him your sleep. Give him your future. You might say, I don't have time to dream dreams. It's too late for me to dream. You're wrong. That didn't work for any Old Testament character, and it won't work for you. I think about Corey Temboom, who didn't start traveling for the Lord until she was in her 70s. No matter how old you are or how young you are, God has dreams that he wants you to partner with him in. Now, remember, you are Joseph in this story, and God has dreams for you to dream. Some of you young moms, I just want to take the time to talk to you right now. Invest yourself wisely during these years when your chief occupation is wiping noses and making grilled cheese sandwiches and folding mountains of laundry. During these years, love and train your children. Uh, Give everything you've got to your home and to your family. You know, when my children were little, I was dreaming dreams for me And I was also dreaming dreams for them. I prayed that God would help me to raise world-changing children. I prayed that they would take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And you know what? 
today, this day, as I teach this message. I have two children in Brooklyn. I have one in Nashville, and I have two in Oklahoma. And many of them have taken missions trips around the world. But even where they are today, they're changing their corner of the world. So be careful what you dream, because you may just get it. My friend, get out of your rut and start to dream. If you can't take a missions trip today, send somebody else on a missions trip with your prayers and with your money. If you don't feel called to start a ministry, well then support somebody else's ministry. But God wants to use you at your moment in history. Genesis 37 verses 9 through 11. Now Joseph had still another dream and related it to his brothers and said, lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And he related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to Joseph, what is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. So at some point later, Joseph had another dream. And when Joseph shared this dream, he lost some of the respect that he had from his father. His father corrected him. His brothers were jealous and hateful. Now, his dad didn't hate him, but his dad did rebuke him. His dad did say, Joseph, what are you thinking? Now, Jacob is going to remember this dream. We know that because of verse 11. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. I, th I think about this, how the Bible tells us that when Mary was told of the birth of Jesus Christ, it says that she treasured these things in her heart. And just like Mary treasured those things in her heart, Joseph's father, Jacob, kept it in his mind. He remembered what Joseph had talked about. There is just something unexplainable about the story of Joseph that draws us in, isn't there? No matter what's going on in his life, I feel that I've experienced it a time or two as well. Do you feel the same way? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to love the difficult people in our lives. Lord, help us to forgive them and Father, to bring them a taste of Jesus. Lord, we repent because so often we have allowed difficult people to bring out the worst in us when your plan has been to allow them to bring out the Jesus in us. So Lord, we're all in. Help us, strengthen us, be Jesus to a world that's in pain. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. I hope that you'll join me later this week for lesson four of Meanwhile on a jolt of joy right here on the Charisma Podcast Network.